challenging men to be great men. Don't just be a male, be a man, a great man. Welcome to the Great Man Podcast with your host, New York Times bestselling author and leader of men, Stephen Mansfield. Gentlemen, let us begin. So glad you've joined me here at the Great Man Podcast. Let me say quickly as we get started that you may hear some construction noise. It's just some of the amazing building that's going up around our studios here in Nashville, Tennessee. It doesn't bother us. We hope it doesn't bother you. Guys, I want to dive in with you deeply and talk to you about women and the current crisis that's befalling women. Now, this is a weird way for me to start, and it's an odd-feeling topic for me because I have been making speeches for decades about men, and I've mainly talked about the rise of women and the decline of men. That's just statistically what's been going on. Men have been in free fall for decades, whether you're looking at health stats, earning stats, advanced degree stats, uh, whatever you're talking about, men have been in decline. Women have been on the rise. They've been getting a larger percentage of academic degrees. Their health is better. They've been breaking glass ceilings. They've been having Me Too moments. Uh, They've been getting better. But something is changing. I want us to be aware of it, and I want us to serve them in the midst of that change. That's what I'm going to challenge you to do in this podcast. Just consider for a moment. If you were around uh, an adult in the 2008 recession, uh, it's some of you are maybe too young for that. We have a, a huge age range on this podcast. So the principles today still apply, but some of you weren't really old enough to be affected by it. You know, you were maybe in your teens or who knows, even younger. I hope some of you really younger guys are listening right now. But for the most part, 2008, the Great Recession of 2008 was what we called behind the scenes a man session. Yeah, it was an economic recession, but it mainly impacted men. Please don't think I'm saying, if you're a woman listening, uh, that this didn't impact women at all. Of course it did. But of the millions who lost their jobs, 70% of them were men and mainly in construction and manufacturing. This is just statistically true. It's, there's no bigotry in these numbers at all. The Great Recession of 2008, a dozen years ago, was m- mainly impacted men. Now, obviously, there were repercussions for women because it impacted men, but only about 30% of the jobs lost were women. 70% were men, and so we called this behind the scenes. You know, those of us who were trying to discuss the the socioeconomic trends and what was happening and what was happening to men and how we could help men, it was called a man session, just because it was so heavily weighted towards men. Well, that is changing. Uh, currently, in the current economic crisis that we are in, bear in mind that women had never experienced an unemployment rate in the double digits since the Bureau of Labor Statistics began reporting data by gender in 1948. Now, I've just obviously read that. What I'm saying is that since 1948, when the Bureau of Labor Statistics began reporting data with the consideration of gender in mind, there had never been double-digit unemployment among women, ever. Okay, but now the unemployment rate is at 16.2. Women's unemployment rate was nearly three points higher than men's. 
So women are now unemployed at a higher rate, and yes, it's double digit digits for the first time in history. Okay? So this recession is settling on women at this point uh, more than it is settling upon men. It's affecting all of us, obviously, and it will continue to for a while, although we'll get out of it. But it's settling on women, especially heavily, uh, in a perhaps eventually even greater way than it settled on men in 2008. There's another thing that concerns me. For some reason, uh, women are the fastest growing segment of the incarcerated population in the United States. I can't explain this. This is very, very surprising. Uh, men, uh, Women have been increasing at a rate nearly double that of men over the past 35 years. I did not know that. When you think of prisons and you think of the prison population, you largely think of men. Maybe that's movies. Maybe that's just my own kind of reverse bias in a sense. But women are dramatically increasing in terms of the incarceration, incarcerated population. And apparently, and forgive me for not knowing this, have been for almost 35 years. So they are at nearly double the rate of men over the last 35 years. Pretty stunning. Now, in addition to those two bits of bad news for women, we all know that for the average woman, the recent, uh, you know, quarantining, the recent shutdown, uh, the recent sheltering uh, affects women more than men. Obviously, women are, uh, well, first of all, most women psychologically are more social. That's, That's a positive, not a negative. But as we know, unfortunately, most women bear the burdens of home. Most burden bear the burdens of uh, caring for children. Uh, most women who were sheltered in place not only maybe did their jobs for their employers, but also cooked, also tended children, also buoyed the spirits of men, uh, etc. Now, men are getting better. Young, the younger generation in particular is better at men pitching in and caring and helping and uh, cooking and caring for kids and cleaning house and all of that. But I can certainly tell you that while Bev is far better at all that than I am, our culture is such that I'm actively there, do most of the dishwashing, etc. And that's that's the drift of the younger generation. But the fact is, we all know that psychologically and emotionally, what's been happening in our culture has fallen more fully on women uh, than it has men. In fact, uh, a somewhat majority of the elderly who have passed away during this COVID-19 crisis uh, have been women. So women, for uh, in some cases the first time, are bearing the majority of the burden of a national crisis. And men, I am telling you this because I want you to be aware of it. Of course, you're already aware of it in your home. I want you to be aware of it society-wide, and I want us to make a difference. I want us to serve. Uh, I want us to realize that part of the definition of a great man, the very name of this podcast, uh, is that he recognizes this principle. He has a destiny, but his destiny is fulfilled by investing in the destinies of others. That's one of the great pillars of being a great man. So you are meant to be serving and caring for the women in your life. You already know that, but in this heightened burden upon them, in this season of heightened pressure upon them, heightened devastation, perhaps economically, I want you to up that game. 
I want you to start looking at the women around you in your home, in your neighborhood, in your family, your extended family, in your company. You're not necessarily responsible for all of them. I'm not saying every woman walking the planet is your personal project. But within those within your reach, those within your oikos, I've used that word uh, with you before, those within your extended household, um, I want you to begin to consider that the burdens at every level, and not because they're somehow psychologically weaker, not at all, that's an old myth, but because it the realities are just landing on them more heavily, I want you to begin to craft strategies of servanthood. How can you help? How can you strengthen? I want you to do it because it's right. I want you to do it because a good man responds to need. And I also want you to do it, quite frankly, for somewhat selfish reasons. The fact is you serve the women who are the primary lights and culture keepers in our homes. Um, Your home is better. Your children are better off. Your home is happier. Your days are brighter. So that's, that's exactly why we ought to be caring for each other. I serve Bev because I love her and want her to be happy. But also... You know, she and I even say it humorously to each other. There was an old book once written, When Mom Ain't, when Mom ain't Happy, Ain't Nobody Happy. The, another book was called Do Yourself a Favor, Love Your Wife. She cares for me because she wants a happy home. She also cares for me because she loves me and wants me to be happy. The two go together. Um, you serve yourself by serving others well because you create a culture around you of happiness and gratitude and uplift, etc. So start looking at your wife, start looking at your daughter, start looking at your mother, start looking at the women in, I don't know, your building, your extended family, the aunts, what have you. Um, Start asking yourself, how can you serve? How can you care? Um, I once volunteered in a nursing home. And with part of my time, I was allowed to just simply ask people what they needed. And one little old lady said, there sure is something you can do for me. And I, you know, flashing through my mind was move a chair in her room or call her son for a lot of these uh, older women wanted me to call their sons and encourage them since I was a young college student at the time. She said, could you, could you just get a little, little dab of lotion in your hands and rub my feet? My feet are so sore. And of course that was allowed there. And I did. Um, but I didn't know until I asked, and this is why I'm uh, urging you to go with this approach. Find out how you can serve by asking people. I don't assume I understand Bev fully. Uh, I love her with my whole heart. I've lived with her for decades. I we, we have a happy home and marriage, but I don't assume that I know what she wants or what she needs. She could have a knot in her shoulder. She could be Um, burdened about something that's not working right in the house. She could be upset about a relationship. She could just need a moment of prayer. I mean, all these have been responses and a thousand other things, but I didn't know until I asked in the same way that I don't want her to assume that, you know, cookies and milk are always the answer to what I needed in a given moment. She's sweet to always, you know, do sweet things for me like that. But but that's not always what I need. That's not always the main answer. That's not always what's burdening me. Although for any man, food is always a close solution for most problems. So I want you to begin to develop strategies that are not based on you guessing what needs to be done, but actually asking, honey, I, I realize you're taking on a lot around here. How can I help you? Um, 
Some women are different. Uh, they're, they're, they're no more, there's no more universal answer among women than there's going to be a universal answer among men. Some women are going to want some time alone. Could you just protect an hour where I am not bothered and can sit alone with a glass of white wine and read a dang book and have two thoughts without being interrupted? Some women have answered that way in times past, so their husbands tell me. Um, uh, some need a little bit of a massage. Some need who knows what. Some need time with friends. Uh, some need for you to take over a duty. It's amazing how many times we assume that because a woman does something, she wants to do it. And it's amazing the difference that can be made if you'll say, if, if she just says to you, hey, if you'll take over making sure the kids are doing their homework or cleaning their rooms, that would be a huge thing for me. If you could, I'll cook the meals. If you could just do the dishes, whatever, find out what it is. Serve, care, lift. Turn your home into a mutual uplift society and uh, help each other. But be aware, men, and this is part of the province of good men, of great men, of noble men. Be aware that what's befalling us now is statistically falling more heavily upon women because of the social restraints, because of the economic pressures, uh, even apparently what's been going on for decades in terms of incarceration. When you walk through your town, be aware women are bearing the burden more heavily. And it's our job to stand with them. It's our job to help them. Why? Because they're weak and silly? No, because that's what good men do with each other and with the opposite gender. It's just what we do. So figure out how you can help. Figure out what you can do. Remember that you have a destiny, but your destiny is fulfilled by investing in the destinies of others. And I believe strongly in a spiritual principle of the generous man prospers. You give, you receive, you sow, you reap. That's just the way God made the universe. So you invest Invest in your kids, invest in the women in your life, you invest in the women of your community, you help them in clean and appropriate ways, uh, and there, good things will happen for everybody. This is just the way it is in the world. So don't take an approach that they're somehow weaker than you are. Don't take the approach that somehow this lands on them more heavily because they're you know, socially odd. That's just not true. It simply is a reality that they are bearing often greater burdens than we are. So we step in, we help, we care, and we make that part of our lifestyle. This is one of the arts of being a great man. To join the Great Man community or to book Stephen to speak at your men's event, go to greatman.tv. You'll learn about Stephen Mansfield's two essential books for men, Mansfield's Book of Manly Men and Building Your Band of Brothers as well as some other great resources for helping you become the great man you are made to be. The Great Man Podcast is a Mansfield Group production.